Hi again, folks, to the latest uh, footnote episode of the Fantasy Animation Podcast with me, Chris Holiday. And me, Alex Sargent. So for this week, uh, for this instalment, I should say, uh, there's a bit of a divide happening between <laughs> high fantasy and low fantasy. Um, the proverbial, uh, yes, I don't know, two categories that come up a lot, but I'm not entirely sure. I think I know what they mean, but I'm yeah. not entirely sure. And also, I feel like they could be given other names, or they're also known as something else. And so here to, to clear this up is uh, yeah. your friend of mine, Dr. Alexander And I'm Sargent. grumpy because I've, I've got two terms to do in 10 minutes yeah. this time so I feel like I should get double time but I will attempt to okay. I will attempt to do this in a whipple whittle, whittle, whipple whipple is not the right whistle stop whistle format stop. if I could speak that would be even handier take a breath right <laughs> you have 10 minutes yeah. um, and I'm interested to know what is high fantasy what is low fantasy go right well there have been thousands of ways of trying to classify and, and subdivide fantasy okay so you're completely right there will be overlaps between this and other terms. Yeah. Um, we talked about when we define fantasy, it's a huge term. It refers to so many different types that most people's instinct is to start to subdivide it. And one of the key ways of subdividing fantasy um, literature, I should say, because this comes from a literary right, um, right, discussion, right. Yep. is to define it in terms of high fantasy and low fantasy. These were terms that started to be used in sort of late 70s, early 80s by scholars, so they're reacting very much to the post-Tolkien craze. And was, so was this, so this is interesting, so there was a post-Tolkien oh, craze. Oh, right. Tolkien, it cannot be underestimated okay. how much Tolkien has played a massive role in defining what people think a fantasy story is. Yeah, I mean, you can throw in C.S. Lewis to the equation, uh, L. Frank Baum, uh, Lewis Carroll, as some writers that have had somewhere in a similar influence, but it's Tolkien. Basically, Lord of the Rings comes out in, in the 50s, and right, right. the next, well, arguably to this day, has been a well. It's like what's it? The history of philosophy is a series of footnotes to Plato. The history of fantasy fiction post nineteen fifty is a series of footnotes to J.R.R. Tolkien. Okay. So Tolkien writes the Lord of the Rings, completely changes the game as to what fantasy is, creates a whole industry of fantasy literature, uh, and there seems to be a word for what that is, and people just term it as high fantasy. And what they mean right. by high fantasy is set in an alternative world. That's a key feature of high fantasy. Often drawing on mythic tropes and sensibilities, so both on a narrative and sort of character level, so using elves, pixies, you know, the, the creatures of folklore that were once part of kind of medieval and early modern folkloric traditions, um, and setting them in alternative worlds that almost function as kind of alternative histories of, well, the UK, really. That's what Tolkien intended it to be. Middle-earth is essentially a version of England that never existed mm -hmm. in the me medieval period. Oh, so the Shire is supposed to be... Yeah, it's like the West Country. or right. I mean, it's probably not. It's probably East Anglia or something like that. But yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Mordor is the is the Industrial Revolution. Um, the, the whole thing is supposed to be a sort of alternative UK. I think the r writers of Rohan were basically 
what would the Vikings look like if they rode horses? Um, no, what the Anglo-Saxons look like if they rode horses, um, horses basically. Okay, and, and that seems to me, when, when you're talking and defining high fantasy in terms of its um, codes and conventions, its, its character types, this seems to be a very dominant and familiar and well of course this is fantasy yeah most people when they when they do think they know what fantasy is as a genre think it's high fantasy okay right um because as you say it's very easy to find there's usually some sort of lowly protagonist in a in a you know it starts in a village there's a protagonist they get some sort of magical trinket they have to go on a quest they encounter elves and goblins and orcs and things like that along the way we learn about the world it's all very heroic there's knights there's there's sword play yep, uh, yep. all that kind of stuff that's that is high fantasy for one to And what other term. what other names does high, before we move on to low fantasy? Yeah. What other names does high fantasy go under? So heroic fantasy, okay. uh, Tolkien-esque fantasy in the cinematic term. Sometimes sword and sorcery is re- re- uh, used, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that can also refer to like you know Harryhausen movies and like ancient uh, Prince of Persia. Yeah, stuff <laughs> like that. So like so there is a slipperiness with yeah, that yeah. term um, and. And actually, we've kind of moved, the literary circle has moved away from doing that in the sort of post-2000s, and, and the term isn't used quite as much today, although it's still used and, and has meaningful currency in exchange. I'm sure all the fantasy theorists would know what a high fantasy is if you if you said it out loud at their latest conference, the IFAA, International Association yeah, yeah, of Fantastic yeah. and the Arts, would, would, would recognise that term. But other terms have come in their place that are a little bit perhaps more nuanced and useful to help that we've referred to on the podcast, but that's probably for another yeah, yeah. another. Episode. Okay, so we've got we've got orcs and we've got dragons and we've got that, yeah. that's your that, that thing you that, know that, that that the thing and that, that I suppose that's a lot with with sort of fantasy and you, you've spoken previously in one of the episodes about like the the genre element this idea that mm. well actually fantasy is what we point to when when I say well that's fantasy and I feel like what you've described yeah. is is that's what that, that is high high fantasy is what you point to and go that's high fantasy absolutely absolutely and, and the problem with that of course is that there are lots of stories that that are fantastical and have make-believe characters and things like that in that do not fit that Tolkien-esque model. So there should be a sort of other yes. category, maybe. So, so that's what low fantasy attempts okay. to describe. So low fantasy, if high fantasy is defined by the presence of an alternative world and lo- often defined by the use of kind of folkloric imagery and characters, um, and there's a certain kind of mythic quality. I'm thinking of, is it Northup Fry's kind of anatomy of criticism where you've got the four modes of literature and it basically goes from like um, mythic down to kind of mimetic, something like that. Basically yeah. saying that, do you look up to the character or do you look down to the character? You often yep. look up to many of the characters in a high fantasy. In a low fantasy, it's set in our world. Okay, right. it's set in a world that is nominally ours. That world could be historicized. It could be, um, you know, set in the contemporary climate. But what will happen in that world is some sort of magical element will intrude into the the world as it is in reality. So. Okay. If you want Mary Poppins, because I've heard you talk a lot about immersive and, in, and intrusive fantasy, and yeah. it seems like these are other ways of talking about high and low fantasy. Yes, well, I would argue slightly better ways because right, okay. because basically, if you're going to divide it into high and low, that's sort of fine. But then, you know, if you if you're comparing Tolkien to P.L. Travers, Mary Poppins to The Lord of the Rings, and you're going high and low, fine. But when you start throwing in other books, you know, what about? You know, what about Ursula Le Guin, that has a very odd register? What about um, uh, Edith Nesbitt, My Five Children and It, stories like that. The Borrowers, you know, there are lots of 
examples where that kind of easy distinction between low and high doesn't necessarily work quite as well anymore. And I actually think the category that suffers the most out of this distinction is low fantasy because yes. th- there are, you know, that, that would mean Pan's Labyrinth and Mary Poppins and Five Children and It and uh, Horton Wears a Who. Uh, is that? I mean, where the hell does that get put? I don't even know. But like, there was lots of different things that could be considered low fantasy in that category. So it feels like, I mean, and we will, I'm sure we will do an episode on magical realism because it seems to sort of speak to to some of the things that you're saying. Um, I I guess I just wonder, when when I'm first hearing high fantasy and low fantasy, I can't help thinking of high art and low culture. So I I just wondered, that term, or the terms high and low fantasy, seem to be quite charged in the way that they're Mm. describing their kind of constituent yep. part. So I just, I just wondered, is there a, is there a distinction on in the sort of kind of yeah. cultural way in which these categories are viewed, or the the types of literature to which they relate? That's to? a good point. I don't. I actually would have to do a little bit more research into into the exact examples of how they came out of it. Usually, the terms are more back to that sort of Northup Fry thing. I was saying, yeah, you, look, yeah. you look up to high fantasy because it's mythic characters, kings, you know, knights. It's it's chivalric. It's based on kind of a register that resembles Arthur and legend and Sigrain and the Green Knight and those yeah. kind of things whilst low fantasy resembles much more kind of modernist literature yeah it's 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 the real world with imperfections in which something intrudes into it and often the thing that intrudes into it is a little bit more down to earth yeah it's it's more comical it's more um things like that so I, d- I don't know about that but certainly in a way when the terms came out it would have been the other way around and that Tolkien's a thing that people were looking down upon, yeah, and the kind of more um, char, yeah, the other stuff would have been less charged with those kind of cultural dynamics. And what about today then? Because it feels like does Hollywood? I mean, Hollywood cinema, um, it seems to make both of those types yeah. of fantasy. Yeah, absolutely. It, ma- it makes both of those types of fantasy, and I don't think it uses. I don't think Hollywood uses these terms at all. Yeah. Um, these are very much terms used by literary scholars and and fantasy fans to an extent. They'll they'll use the term low and high fantasy to help kind of explain what types of books people are to, to people. If you go on a form or on Reddit, they'll be using those terms. But as I say, it actually comes out of scholarship. Okay. I, don't think, I don't think Hollywood sells films no, based I don't on think, that. I don't think it does. And, but and, and traditionally, it's had much harder time selling high fantasy than low fantasy, actually, because low fantasy can be found in Toy Story, it can be found yeah, in uh, you know all these kind of areas you don't necessarily spot it quite so obviously, whilst high fantasy seems to come with this blimey we're making a fantasy movie kind of, um, you know. So there, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, there's kind of industry going on, there's yeah. sort of reception going on. You have 40 seconds right. to give me some interesting literature around. Well, the, the key text, if you want to know where the, it came from, is, is Zorowski and, Bow, uh, and Boyer's, Robert uh, H. Boyer and Kenneth J. Zorowski's, the second world of high fantasy um, that's the sort of nebulous a good nebulous text to where they start defining those terms another great book is John Clute's um, uh, The Encyclopedia of Fantasy which has loads of definitions for terms like this and more so okay so you've got 15 seconds left do you want to add anything in terms of your high and your low fantasy I think, I think I'm alright I, I managed to do two terms with 15 seconds to spare there yes. but as I say these are terms that have been evolved and changed and sharpened and and, and things like that so the distinction's a little bit clunky but hey Perfect, and well-timed as well. So Clunky but hey, that's, clunk, that's me. Clunky but hey. Um, so yeah, so as I said, these terms are, uh, often crop up in the in the podcast, and, yeah. and you talk about them as ways to describe certain kinds of texts that we look at, but it's kind of good to get a bit of a background in where terms they came of where they, where they came from, but also 
I suppose how they're both in use today, and and then with so much stuff, it begins in cinema. Doesn't invent these categories. It's it's well, cinema rarely uses these categories. Yeah, and we'll get yeah. into that another time, <laughs> another time. Perfect. You can email us if you want some further terms clarified or some questions answered. We'll do another footnote as to, to bespoke to your wishes. Um, all you got to do is email us at fan and in research f a n a n i m research at gmail.com and it's the same handle for our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram um, social media accounts. Um, Otherwise, see you on a future episode. Bye.